You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you as always for another episode, episode 180 on this Friday morning, the 9th of December here in Australia, we are getting towards the end of the year. We are getting towards that crazy time of the year when things can get a little bit overwhelming. There's lots of great things happening, but it can also be a very busy time, a very stressful time. Now, speaking of that, uh, the podcast is a day late today. I do apologize if you were waiting for the podcast yesterday, but speaking of crazy stressful times, we had this ridiculously large lightning storm. Had a lot of storms lately this summer already, Um, but one came through Wednesday night about 1 a.m. Thursday morning, woke us all up. It may as well have been midday. It was so bright from these lightning strikes. The wind, uh, there was trees down, there was broken glass, there was we were without water, power, electricity, anything in the in the whole village, but in our house, we had no water or power or anything. All of yesterday, it came on sort of late yesterday afternoon, we were able to shower and eat and do those sorts of things. But um, yeah, not a great day to be recording a podcast. So had the day off and you know the beautiful thing about financial freedom is that you can just take days off and, and sort your life out. Got all that sorted, got, you know, broken windows sorted, all that kind of stuff. Trees, you know, yeah, we've got to get the chainsaws out. Um, But uh, here we are today doing the podcast episode and wanting to hopefully help you with some of the financial mindset today. We want to, you know, we we always want to be doing both. We want to be doing business and financial uh, mindsets and skill sets. And so today I want to talk to you about a single sentence guide to successful investing because... As much as I can, I try and take out the overwhelm. You know, if nothing else, um, I try and keep things whenever I'm coaching, whenever I'm training, whenever I'm speaking, try and keep them as simple as we can and just sort of step by step as possible because an overwhelmed mind does nothing, you know, and that's one of the key things. And, you know, when we're selling our products, when we're sharing our story, when we're presenting the vision, you know, however you do it. Often we can overwhelm people because we just give them so much information and it's like, you know, there's this product and this product and this product and then you make money and then you become financially free and then you travel the world kind of stuff. And we wonder why people say, oh, I need to think about it. Um, If someone's telling you you need to think about it, uh, you've given them too much information, right? We're not doing objections today. We've, We've done other podcast episodes and we'll do more in the future on objections. But from an, if, if people are sort of thinking about it or not doing anything, chances are you're overwhelming them. So when it comes to investing, there's a huge amount of overwhelm out there. And most people don't even start because of fear of loss or just fear of not knowing what they're doing. They're worried about losing money, which is, you know, to be like totally understood, totally empathized with the fear of losing money or just the fury of even getting started because there's so much to do, there's so much overwhelm out there. So I wanna give you a single sentence. Um, Now there are a couple of commas in it, right? (laughs) But it's a single sentence that sums up at least my philosophy on successful investing. And then we'll go through sort of step-by-step of the sentence as well and just expand on a few things. So here's the sentence, successful investing. Buy things that you understand and make money preferably on sale and hold them for as long as possible. And that's really it. So buy things that you understand. This is, I mean, let's talk about it. Let's break it down. This is so key because 
again, one of the, there's a, you know, there's a lot of sayings about Wall Streets and mantras and one of the lesser known ones, we've talked about it on the podcast a few times, but Wall Street is where educated people take money from the uneducated. Um, and it's not, you know, they don't really advertise that saying, right? And when I say educated versus uneducated, I don't mean, you know, ignorant or unintelligent. I just mean people who don't understand what they're sort of talking about in this arena. So they don't understand money or on Wall Street, essentially, they don't understand stocks. They don't understand CFDs. They don't understand options. They don't understand all these, you know, tranches and all the kind of bespoke exotic things that Wall Street create. A lot of the reasons Wall Street is quite complicated is on purpose. They make up all these really complicated CFDs and CFOs and all that kind of stuff because then you kind of sit there and like, oh, actually, you know, I don't, sorry, CDOs, I said CFOs, CDOs. Um, You know, you can sit there and just be overwhelmed and like, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing here. You just take my money and you handle it. And that's when people lose money. That's when people get taken for a ride. That's when people get scammed because they get into such an overwhelm that they just give their money to someone else and say, please take care of it. And I remember, I remember talking with my, you know, one of my housemates 15 plus years ago when I was just sort of in this journey and I'd sit there on weekends, you know, watching video courses and reading books. And she was sort of a bit like, well, you know, why don't you just, you know, you're making good money, just give it to someone else. And it was like, no, like I need to understand this. And she had the exact opposite philosophy of, well, I'm going to work hard for my money. I don't have the time to sort of think about it. I work really hard. We both had professional jobs in the medical industry. And she's, you know, I work hard in the hospital all day, every day. Someone else can actually take care of it. And I was like, you know what? No one's going to take as much care of your money as you are. Now, they're, you know, she, she's married and children and, you know, in their, their own world, they're very happy, but they don't have a, a level of financial freedom and flexibility that we do. And a lot of that came down to my dedication to understanding what I was doing. So why do we like property at the end of the day? Because it's simple. Now, how did I understand property as much as I could? I read books, I went to courses, I hung around people who understood property and I asked them what to do. I asked them how it worked, you know, because to me, like when you truly understand property, property isn't about, it's not about buying the property, it's about buying the ability to create cash flow. And it's about buying the ability to the banks to give you more money. Banks love property. So when you have property, banks give you more money. And if you know how to turn that money from the bank into cash flow, um, then you start to create your own wealth loops, right? Then you can start to just create cash flow out of nothing. Now, most people, you know, that, that may overwhelm you just that little sentence, but that just comes down to reading more books, reading books about property. I was very fortunate in a way, but it, you know, you create your own fortune as well. Um, one of the guys I became good, great mates with, we played footy together. Again, we, we met through university, through college life. Uh, we played footy together. We became good friends. His dad was a property developer and he was sort of, you know, grown up in and around property development. And he was growing up with the, in, you know, with the intention of taking over the family business. So I made it a point to always say to him, mate, let me take you out for lunch explain this thing to me. Can I like, can I just hang out with you? And I, you know, as I said, we, we had become good friends, but I would sit there and say, look, can I just hang out with you on the weekend? You know, whenever you're at a property meeting or when you're doing something, can I just hang out in the background kind of stuff? Show me what you're doing. Let me try and understand this. And I was doing this from 22, 23 years ago because I wanted to just absorb it. I wanted to understand it. I wanted to understand how 
to actually turn property into cash flow. So that's the very first step. Buy things that you understand. I don't get into so many other things because I just don't understand them well enough. I understand them. You know, I've got a pretty good idea, but I don't understand them well enough to be able to really maximize them to be able to win the game. Property is something we understand a lot. So we buy a lot of property. We buy things that we understand. And because we understand them, we know how to make sure they make money. So we buy properties that we understand how they're going to make us money consistently. So we buy things that you understand and they make you money, preferably on sale. So timing the market, you know, like is the market in a dip? Is now the time to buy all that kind of stuff? Guys, if you understand how to create cash flow, you will understand that time in the market is more important than timing the market. So being in the market for 20 years is more important than picking the exact bottom of the market, the exact hammer, you know, the exact point where the Bollinger Bands cross, the exact point where resistance is like above this level, etc. All those technical analysis, all the all the things you see on charts, all the complicated screens that you see traders have. And again, I went down that path. I tried it. It's not for me. It does work for other people. But you're sitting there and you see people with four or five screens. They've got five different um, trading platforms open. They've got all these different indicators. They've got all these different things. Guys, that's really hard to understand. And, and, and again, it can look so complicated that people just, you know what, I just trust you here. Just take my money. Now, that is really all about timing the market. And if you're trying to time the market, that's because you're only in there for a short amount of time. If you are trading, if you are buying to then sell very quickly afterwards, you do need to time the market. If you understand creating cash flow and you have long-term investments, then being on sale is a bonus. But I would rather own a house for 20 years than sit around knowing that, you know, maybe I did I time it? Did I overpay slightly? You know what? In 20 years time, if I bought a property, let's say today for $1 million and in 20 years time, it's worth like 4 million. Am I going to sit there and say, man, if I'd waited a little bit longer, I probably could have got it for 950,000. No, and it's like, well, I bought it for a million. I sold it for 4 million 20 years later. And along the way, I've been getting rent every single week or every single month. I've been getting cash flow for 20 years, which has been awesome. We've got all this equity. We're able to use that house to buy the next three, etc. All those things about understanding how banks pay you and how bank and, you know, to create cash flow from property. Would I sit there and be like, you know what? I probably should have waited out. I should have argued more. I should have, you know, all that sort of thing and waited until it was 950, maybe time the market a bit better and got it for 950 instead of a million. Hey, that would have been a bonus. That would have been a total little cherry on top. But if I've had this thing for 20 years, it's been making us money every single week for 20 years and we sell it for 3 million more 20 years later. Am I that upset that I didn't sell it for 3 million and $50,000? for 20 years later, right? Preferably on sale. On sale is great. There's going to be a lot of things on sale. There's already a lot of things on sale. There's going to be more things on sale later. Uh, a friend of mine just the other day said, you know, like his Facebook status was like, you know, 30 years ago was a great time to invest everyone in 2052, right? There's going to be things that are still overpriced. There's going to be things that are underpriced. There's going to be lots of stuff. If you understand how to buy things that make you money, and they are on sale, that's great. If they're not on sale, but you've got a long-term mindset, 
then awesome. And then the final part of the sentence, hold them for as long as possible. Because if something is giving you money, you can afford to keep it. And this is again, the real key to investing versus trading, because traders only make money when they sell, you know, and so you have to buy low because you're selling high. Or, okay, you can short sell, all right, sell high, buy low, etc. Complicated. Don't worry about that if you don't understand that. But yes, you have to really time the market. You have to have your entry and exit points correct because you only make money when you sell. If you're investing properly for cash flow, you make money for holding. So property, it is rent. Stocks, general stocks, ETFs, stuff like that, it is dividends. Crypto, it's nothing. <laughs> That's why I don't touch crypto because you don't hold money. You don't make money just for holding it. You only make money when you hopefully sell it later at a higher price and hope is not a reliable strategy. So if you are making money from dividends every quarter or twice a year, if you're making money from rent every week or every month and you can hold it for as long as possible, you don't need to sell. You're making money. When you do sell, that's a bonus. You get like a great big cash injection later. Now it is Friday today, Angie and I just sold a house on Monday, just gone. Um, and yeah, it was great. The, it was making money for us the whole time. We decided to sell it just because, you know, there are a couple of things popping up. There are a couple of little things that might have needed some work in three to five years time. Like little clue of peek behind the curtain. If I'm selling something, it's because it's probably not going to make us any money in the future. Probably like especially with property, 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 probably tongue twister there. If I'm selling a property, it's probably at a point where like repairs and maintenance and that, that budget is going to start increasing and it's going to eat away the profits. And it's like, you know what? Let's just sell it. It's been making money up to this point and we get that little cash injection and we can use that cash injection to go off and buy something else. So if you ever see me sell something, um, it's because it's not making money or it's probably not going to be making money in the future. Um, and so don't buy it. <laughs> Basically, if you ever see me selling a property, don't buy it. Um, but you know, a little peek behind the curtain. But the ones that are making us money and the ones that aren't, you know, aren't needing repairs, aren't needing maintenance, aren't having maintenance issues, all that kind of stuff, we're holding them. We're not getting rid of them. We're holding them for as long as humanly possible because they continue to make us money. So if something is continuing to make us money, why would we get rid of it? And again, that's one of the things you always want to think of when someone's like, oh man, you should buy this. And especially again, if they're a professional, you know, Wall Street person or something, and they're like, man, you should buy this, you should buy this, you should buy this. They're making money when you buy it off them. They're making money on the sale. If they were making money for holding it, like if it was a really good investment and they were making money for holding it, they wouldn't be so desperate for you to buy it off them. You know, like I always wonder, like you always sit there in the back of your mind, like, why is this person so desperate to sell me something? If it was such a great investment, they would want to keep it for themselves. If they're desperate for me to buy it, it's probably not a great investment. So there it is, guys. One single sentence. And yes, it's a slightly longer sentence, a couple of commas in there. But buy things that you understand and they make money, preferably on sale and hold them for as long as possible. And if you have that mantra in your head, you will have success in investing. Yes, you will need to read some books. Yes, you will need to, you know, attend a course or two. You might need to invest in some courses, invest into some mentorship, of course. You might need to find some people who've already done it and ask them how they did it. Quick clue, guys. I mean, shortcut to success, find someone who's done what you want, 
ask them how they did it and then do that, right? But also secondary to that, the second part of that is successful people, like truly successful and happy people love to help others. And they will like bend over backwards, go out of their way because they respect game recognizes game and they respect people who are doing the work, who are dedicated to changing their life. If you find someone who's successful and say to them, Hey, can I just take you out to lunch and just ask you a couple of questions? Can I buy you lunch and ask you a few questions on how you've managed to have success in the stock market? If they say no, it's because they're fake. Like if they're real, they're a good person and they're happy and they're genuine. They're going to say, yes, of course. Like, yep, sure. Love to show you. The only reason they'd say no is one, if they're just flat out super busy, but if they're flat out super busy and they're a nice person, I guarantee you they'll say, look, I'm really busy, but here, you know, read my book. It sort of covers everything or check out this or go follow that person or check out that. They're going to give you at least something to work on. Um, or if they say no, it's because they're a fake. It's because they don't really know how they got there and they're worried that like you'll figure that out (laughs) and they get exposed, right? Um, So they're just either a fake or a nasty person or a liar or all of those things combined and you don't really want to take advice from that person then in that case anyway um, because, you know, like we don't want those people in our world. Anyway, that is the podcast episode today. I hope you've got value out of it. As always, hope it's helped you with sort of taking away some of that complicated mindset, taking away some of that overwhelm, and just giving you that simple, clearer picture on the pathway to financial freedom. Hope you have an amazing week, and I'll catch you all for another podcast episode on Monday. See you then. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.